Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Happy Monday. Another week, another opportunity for to growth, another opportunity for greatness. Thanks for those that are sending in questions. Hopefully, we're going to figure it out this week, how to have some extra part of the show that'll be just Q&A. So stay tuned for that. If you're noticing the, the beard is growing, for those that are paying attention. We're entering into a period of time called the three weeks, which is a period of mourning for the destruction of our temple. It's a big ethic in Jewish thought that your history shapes your destiny. It's very much what we're talking about here. How to balance yesterday and tomorrow. How to not forget the past. There's a lot going on. We've been speaking a lot about rituals and growth and change. And yesterday we started a whole new chapter. And I hope it's something that we can delve in together. It's really the linchpin between our minds and our actions. We have something. We have a tool that, if used correctly, can totally change the game of what's possible for us. Can direct us very specifically in a certain area. But if it's used incorrectly, if it's, it's misused, we lose one of our most powerful arrows in our quiver. And that's speech. For those that were been with us for a little bit, you know, we spoke about it from the concept of journaling, which is this thing called RAS, where ret, retinal activation system, where your mind begins to pay attention to things that you articulate, that you write. Thoughts are, for the most part, ambiguous. Even if you have it, try to have a thought consistently again and again and again. Even when you have the thought, if it stays in the world of thought, it's not exactly the same. It's like sort of-ish the same-ish. You sort of feel something, then you sort of feel something, you sort of think something, you sort of think something. Only when you take the thought and you put it through the channels of your mind that leads it to articulate speech does that thought crystallize? Now you have something. You have something that you can now use to now reinforce, to understand this is what I've been thinking about my whole life. This is what I've been thinking about in order to get me to hear. So when I put it down on a piece of paper, when I say it, now it's crystallized thought. Now I have a shot at doing it again and again and creating real neuro, tight neuroplasticity over it. The reason why I know the box is called Cheerios because somebody said Cheerios and said it and said it and said it. If they would have said it once and then thought it, how I would have thought about it, it never would have really ended up this way. So speech is one of the most powerful things we have and it applies both in the physical world and the spiritual. We'll get to a little bit of the spiritual world later on. But I want to first begin in the physical world so that we see just the practical ramifications of strong speech. And yesterday we began the process of talking about why it doesn't work. And the real reason why it doesn't work is because we don't see it as a creative agent. When I met, when I met with that individual, that older man who gave me one of the greatest moments of my career, and I always knew it, but as a young lawyer, I'm trying to find the law, and he's teaching me about life, which is, according to the law, 
if you say a contract, it's not enforceable in New York courts, but in life, when you speak, that's the moment of enforceability. And if you think about it, it makes total sense, right? Why is it that if I take words and I write them down, then all of a sudden they become enforceable. So with regards to other people, yeah, what did you say? Fine. It makes sense in a, in, a, in a court of law why we have to have an agreement as to what you said. If everybody walks in and says, he promised, he promised, it wouldn't work. But regarding yourself, when you speak, why is it any less enforceable than when you write down your words and squiggle your name? And this man taught me that. And for those who are tuning in now for the first time, check out yesterday's episode. This man taught me that my word is my bond, which means when it comes out of my mouth, it binds. That's what he meant. It's glue. My saying things is the moment of creation. That is a very spiritual way of seeing speech. God spoke and the world came to be. When I speak, it is at that moment that the world changes. It's not when I do the job. And this is, by the way, if you remember we spoke about earlier, about it's not when I lose the weight. It's not when I finish the project. It's not when I buy the gift. It's not when I show up. It's when I say I'm going to do it. And the question you have to ask yourself if we analyze this, when is the moment of creation in our lives? Is it the moment of speech? Or is it the moment of completion? So in a very physical way of seeing the world, it's the moment of completion. It's not done until it's done. Now, when you live in a world where you need other people to do things, fine. But when you're talking about my own responsibility, let's take an easy example of, let's say, weight loss. Of course, weight loss is complicated, but let's just use it because it's always the easiest thing to talk about. When do I lose the weight? When I say I'm losing five pounds or when I actually lose the five pounds? So it depends on how your perspective is. What's the bind? What's the moment when it happens? So physically, it happens when you're done. But regarding you and your integrity, when does it happen? It happens when you say, I'm going to lose the weight. Because you say, I'm going to lose it, and you mean it, it's as good as lost. You can bank it. Now, this, by the way, is one of the most important aspects of how we change. You see, the way it's supposed to be is when you have a moment of clarity, when you have a moment of understanding what's next, when you have a moment of inspiration, you now have to reset your life. You have to add a nuance. You have to add a ritual. You have to, you have to stop doing something. But if my speech has no integrity, then I have to wait until my brain has oriented a ritual, which can take a week, a month, a year, 10 years for me to actually have done it. But the minute I increase the integrity of my speech is the minute my speech binds. If my speech is my bond, then as soon as I see clearly what I have to do, I say it. And when I say it in my mind, in my body, it's done. That means I can redirect my life in a way that is much different. It's much closer to my mind than by me having a thought, my speech being basically meaningless, having to rely on a ritual, which then changes my brain, which can take weeks. And along the way, I have tons of pitfalls. That's one of the reasons why we don't change is because we don't have an agent that binds us, that commits us. 
You ever have this in your life where you're like, I want to go do this. I want to do that. Or you, or you buy a home when you first get married that you can't afford. Or you have a child before you can afford that child, let's say. But you've committed to taking care of that kid or to that home or to that person. And so now you have no choice but to go up and make it work. And you find a way to make it work because you have to dig into that piece of yourself that is there but we don't have to go to because we don't like being uncomfortable. The only reason why I went there because I committed. This happened so many times with organizations I can't count how many times that I've been part of some project or organization where they put a date out for an event. And as the event gets closer, it looks like not a lot of people are going to show up. I don't know if you've had the same experience. But they've already committed and they can't pull it back. And they want to pull it back, but they can't. It's too late. The ads are out. It's all over social media. They're stuck. And they're like, well, I don't get it. We didn't get a lot of RSVPs and I don't know if it's going to raise enough money and maybe it's not worth it. We'll be embarrassed. And if they could, they would pull it back, but they can't. They've committed. And when they committed, they have no choice. And supposed to being like, it's not going to work. They like double down their efforts. They push harder. They make more phone calls. They reach out to people. They reach out to people. And lo and behold, the event works out great. And at the end, they go, you know what? It's good. We did it when we did it. That whole experience is had I not committed, I would have given up. But because I committed, when I hit a challenge, I pushed through the challenge. And when I pushed through the challenge, I got something that I would not have gotten had I been able to back out. That's speech. Because if you're going to rely just on your ritual, at some point along the way, you will have the other stuff that come up. You will have the other things that come in your way. The other aspects of your life, your schedule is going to get thrown. For those of you, me me included, for those of us that are now creating new rituals in this new world where you spend a lot of time in one place and not traveling, what's going to happen when we start traveling again? The whole ritual is going to be upended. How are we going to keep it? Do we have to get up earlier? Do we have to do the work on the plane? Do we have to do the, how am I going to make it work? So my brain's going to be like, whoa, 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 let's change. We used to journal every day, but now it's too busy because now I got to get back to work and now I got to get back on the train and I'm not journaling anymore. So when you, when all you have is thinking and action along the way between thinking and action, a lot can go wrong because to really solidify action, you need to have repetition and repetition needs time depending on your ritual. So along the way, you can be well-intentioned, but along that way, you can theoretically have a moment where the ritual starts to change. And what are you holding on to? You have plenty of neuroplasticity that's holding you in a new direction. But when you put in the game speech and when your speech binds, that means you've created, you've, you've, you've employed a creative mechanism that says, I've committed to this. It came out of my mouth. And the only way I'll change, so to speak, is if I could match. Of course, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. We can always adapt. But there's making a mistake and redirecting. And then there's not having stamina to get it done because you haven't committed. And when you have strong speech, you've committed. And it's the commitment to something before you're doing it and while you're doing it that's going to hold you to the end. Speech is the moment of creation. Finishing the product is the moment of completion. Inception takes place when you speak. 
you can give birth to something so that the world knows that it exists nine months later. But if you know anything about science, you know that that baby wasn't created when it was born. There was an inception moment. There was a conception moment that took place that was hidden from the eye. That's the moment. And when I allow my speech, whether it's in my mouth or when I write it down, when I allow my speech to change me and to commit me, now I'm stuck. Because it's not just the thing that I'm doing, it's I want integrity in my speech. We've all had this, by the way. We lost it. We all had it, right? And if you're raising children, you know, right? The hardest thing, I don't know if you had this with your kids, like you take your kids to like some store, someplace in public and they're little and they're killing each other and they're beating each other up and they're making it and they're embarrassing you. Never have this to anybody. So you, you tell them you're taking them fried. If you kids, if you're just good, if you're just good, I'm taking you for ice cream. And the kids are like, what, really? Like, I just got to like not hit him and I go for ice cream. Like, and, they, and the kids are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just trust me, trust me, ice cream. You know that? And you're like, I'm the best father ever. I just promised them sugar, which is how we all parent, right? What would we do in our lives without sugar? Sugar is the only thing that we have to parent our children. Promise them sugar or tickets to get sugar. And they get ice cream. And all of a sudden you get back in the car and you're driving home and you realize that you're late. And then you go home and your kid's like, daddy, but ice cream. And you're like, all oh, right, but we're going to go later. And the kid's like, no, but daddy, you told me you're going to ice cream. I'm like, I know, but we're going to go later. And the kids are like, wait, you, you said we're going to ice cream. Never happened to you. And you're like, or, or if you ever say this, you're dead. You're, but I, I didn't say I promised. I, I said, I'll try. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll try to go to ice cream. And in that little kid's brain, the kid's like, what does that mean? You spoke. You told me you're going to ice cream. I took you at your word. To a kid, they don't know that you can just say things and not mean them when they're little. We don't learn this till we get older. I learned this when I was growing up when I was once playing ball in my living room. I grew up at a time, for those of you who are a little old, you remember Ozzy Smith. Ozzie Smith was one of the greatest shortstop of all time. He was a he played for the St. Louis Cardinals. I want to be a baseball player before I want to be a basketball player. And I thought I was Ozzie Smith. I had a good glove. And I was playing ball, blue ball in my in my living room. If you can picture the scene, blue ball against the wall, catch it with my glove. My mom walks in and says, "Charlie, be careful. I don't want you to play in the living room. There's stuff around." And I go, "Ma, you don't know who you're talking to. I'm a vacuum cleaner. I pick up everything. Don't worry about it." My mom's like, Charlie. I'm like, Ma, got it. She goes back and does her thing. I'm playing against the wall. All of a sudden, I throw the ball against the wall. It hits the, 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 the base of my glove right here. Pops up, goes to the, across the room, hits the table, nicks the vase. I'm like, it's slow motion. Like, I'm like, no. Right? The vase is like, crash. I come running over. I'm busted. My mom comes running in. What happened? Charlie, you okay? And I look over and there's a crash. She goes, what happened? And I was going to say, mom, sorry. But then I noticed that my sister was crawling around. And I say, ma, I was, I, I, you know, because she was crawling and I was, she was going to hit her head. And I went to help her with my foot and the thing and the vase. And, and my mom probably knew. And she's like, okay, honey, are you okay? And in my little brain, 
like I learned this incredible gift. You can say stuff that you don't mean. It's amazing. What, what an opportunity. I could just say whatever I want. This doesn't have to reflect the truth of this. And I go to school and these kids are saying something that I don't think is right, but I want to be cool. And I say that. And then I don't bring in my homework and the teacher's like, well, what about your homework? I'm like, I'm so sorry. We had a thing last night. She goes, do it tomorrow. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then I get older and there's some teacher I need to impress or some professor that, so I'm like, oh my God, you're so funny. And then, and then, and the guy's like, yeah, he really likes me. A friend of mine uh, who said to me once, he was a judge, said to me, the hardest part about stepping off the bench is realizing that you're not funny. Right? Because everyone laughs at the judge's jokes until he's off the bench and then no one thinks he's funny. This whole game that we live in life is we walk around and we use our mouth. We don't even mean, it gets to a place that sometimes we don't even like, there's no truth filter. Now, I'm not saying you can't live in this world. I'm not saying there isn't some level of, of value and complimenting someone that way they don't deserve it to make them feel good. There's plenty of that. What I'm saying is that there was once a time that whatever came out of my mouth reflected me. It was true to its core. If I said, I'll beat you at eight, I'll get there at eight. I don't mean I'll get there in the same day where eight falls out. If I say, I'll call you back, I'll actually call you back. I don't mean get off the phone. I got to get, I got to move on. Our speech once had the highest level of integrity. And some people, by the way, some people, by the way, still have this, some people less, but everyone to some extent. If we want to start to become change agents, we have to increase the integrity of the things that come out of my mouth. Physical eyes see speech as worthless. Say whatever you want. doesn't matter. Just speech. It is what it is. It doesn't mean anything. Say whatever you want. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. That concept is good when you're trying to raise a kid and you want the kid to be resilient. But if you think about it, what it's saying is it doesn't really matter. Speech doesn't really matter. But spiritual eyes don't believe that. Spiritual eyes understand that speech matters a lot. And actually, names hurt more than sticks and stones. Much more than sticks and stones. It's just deeper. So when the kids are little, you teach them the thing because when they're seven or eight, but when they get to be an adult, we got to get this. We've got to work on this. Tomorrow we're going to start talking about practical ways to do this. We've got to work on how to make this happening. And I also got to work on spending a little more time on q and I'm looking to the chat now. There's so many incredible things I want to respond to all of them. I hope, I hope with God's help. The producers here, Andy, do me a favor. Don't just cut, save all these comments for me so they don't go. Save all these comments for me. We got to start answering questions. Hopefully this week we'll figure it out. But until then, start being aware of it. Just today, be aware of the speech. Be aware of the things we say, how we say them, how quick we say them, how flippant we use our mouth. Start being aware of this thing called speech and If I would have to measure the level of integrity from one to 10, what's my level of integrity? Zero, worthless. 10, everything out of my mouth is a bond. We'll get to it because speech is a big deal. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And thanks for all the comments. And we'll try to work on this Q&A thing.
And uh, with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again, hopefully tomorrow. Have a great day.